SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Number two on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. This hour, we're going to take a look at the futures market in the NFL. How has it moved after the weekend news circulating the quarterback of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers? We have two great guests coming up. Dr. David Chow, ProFootballDoc.com, to break down weekend injuries. In addition to Tom Vecchio from FanDuel, he's going to give us his early action of the day. First... About 24 hours ago, Team USA ends up losing to France in the opening round of the uh, men's basketball Olympics. France, at 6-1, to one, ends up beating Team USA 83-76. The under 174.5 ends up hitting, and this snapped the 25-game Olympic winning streak dating back to 2004 for Team USA. Ben, already in the exhibition games where Team USA was even at 2-2, two and two, it looked a little dull and then yesterday, watching what France was able to do to Team USA really brings up some cause for concern. Watching what Evan Fournier did to Team USA, 28 points to lead all scores in making them look foolish in that second half. Team USA had an eight-point lead at the halftime break. They led by seven with three minutes and 41 seconds left in the game. And then France ended on a 16-2 run where the U.S. did not hit a single field goal, 0 of 9 from the field, Ariel, yesterday for Team USA down the stretch. Not a great game. France easily covers, winning outright. The total stays under. I think if you were backing the French, you had a great day yesterday in early Sunday, Ariel. Not the start Team USA wanted for the Olympics. It also means that Team USA does have to win a few more games. So the Americans have to win their final two pool play games in order to advance to the medal round. They have Iran and Czech Republic to advance. Uh, they have to beat both of those teams to advance to the medal round. Looking at the Group A winner odds, France minus 520, Team USA 4-1. to one. However, for the Bucks player who just comes off of his NBA, final, uh, NBA Finals win, uh, Drew Holiday actually scored 12 out of his 18 points in the fourth quarter yesterday. Holiday didn't even arrive until about 1 a.m. Uh, local time because he was traveling. And Holiday says, well, he's not too worried about the loss. That's kind of the team that we are. Uh, we've been through a lot, um, especially th this season with, with COVID and testing. And, uh, again, we have a team that our full team, this is the first time we played together. So, uh, a lot of adversity, and, and I feel like this is just something that um, we do a lot, and, and we'll accomplish this too, just like we've accomplished everything before. But we're smart players, uh, smart players, great character, and, and we'll figure it out these next two. Just as we accomplished everything before. Ben, how much do you think that Drew Holiday is confusing Team USA with his Bucks championship ring? Well, Team USA's track record at the Olympics, at least here as of late, is very good. You mentioned the 25-game winning streak at the Olympics that was snapped yesterday to France. The first loss in the Olympic Games since 2004 in Athens to Argentina for Team USA men's basketball. Interestingly enough, though, Ariel, no odds right now for the gold medal winner 
posted on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You brought up the Team A group winner odds, but no odds for the gold medal. And Team USA, still probably the odds-on favorite to win the whole darn thing, but it's looking a little bit more shaky as of now. Drew Holiday may be talking about the resolve of Team USA, the resolve of the Milwaukee Bucks to come back from 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. So maybe Drew Holiday knows something about that as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after on this Monday. It's Ben Stevens and Ariel Epstein. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the mightier 1090 on the West Coast. Not a great start in Tokyo for Team USA men's basketball falling to France 83-76 yesterday morning in their opener. But Drew Holiday, Ariel, was that bright spot. 18 points to lead Team USA. Drew Holiday who just won an NBA championship last week, who probably still has the smell of champagne on his breath and might be slightly hungover from the parade and all the festivities after the Milwaukee Bucks claim the Larry O'Brien trophy. And yet he still goes out there and leads Team USA. So what does that say? We need a little bit more from Kevin Durant, a little bit more from Damian Lillard, a little bit more from everybody else on the roster. I think Team USA will figure it out and they have a good opportunity to do so on Wednesday morning early Wednesday morning, late Tuesday night, depending on how you look at it. I think the game is scheduled for 12.40 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday morning. Might stay up late. Probably not because we host a morning show. But with that being said, Team USA, a 39-point favorite right now over Iran for that second game in the Tokyo Olympics. 39 points. You're going to take the points, Ariel, and go with Iran, or are you going to back Team USA as the heavy favorite for their second game? I don't have anything to do with betting on Team USA or against them. I have no idea what we're getting out of this team. There's similarities to the loss that they had against France in China, uh, back in China two years ago. The score was 74-67 in the fourth quarter. They end up giving up a 22-5 run to France, and that closed the game with a French win. Same thing happened. U.S. was up 74-67 in the fourth quarter, and France goes on a 16-2 run to close it out yesterday. This team is so unpredictable. The U.S. was up. They were winning, not necessarily covering the spread against the French, but they were winning, and they end up closing the game, scoring two points. No, thank you. I'm staying away from a 39-point spread. Uh, I'm sure other people are going to have other opinions on this. I have never scouted Team Iran, so I have no idea how good or bad they are. Don't listen to me on Olympic play, but I can tell you, Team USA has been a disappointment, and I'm not here to lay 39 points on them. They are way too inconsistent. Kevin Durant, he ends up going 4 of 12 from the field. That's disgusting. Let's go. We got to get better at this. But coming up next, we're going to be joined by Dr. David Chow of ProFootballDoc.com. We're going to talk some injuries. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL, things to look out during training camp. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're 
back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining the show, Dr. David Chow of ProFootballDoc.com. We're finally getting into the time of year where Dr. Chow is just at his prime. It's his best. And I love looking at the ProFootballDoc Twitter because every time I check it, I see that there's some kind of article that has really good information, slightly opinion-based, but slightly backed up by, well, mostly backed up by facts. And Dr. Chow, this one is the one that stood out to me was with Mike Thomas because Michael Thomas potentially getting surgery and could or he is getting surgery and could be out anywhere from I saw someone joking from a week to uh, 72 days and there's a, just a huge window of like uncertainty when it comes to Michael Thomas and this injury you wrote the timing of Michael Thomas's surgery makes no sense why yeah thanks for that Ariel and, and what I try and call what I do is insider knowledge not insider information big difference right i don't know what happened with michael's thomas i just know it doesn't really make sense and i didn't know who to blame right but he, okay when i was nfl team position in the off season there's more surgeries in the off season than in the regular season and you would try and time them out it was common to say at exit physicals okay, let's give this a month or let's give this two months or let's give this three months to see if it's going to get better because you don't want to have surgery right now. But the timing of that was based on the recovery so that people would be ready to go for next season. So it was a fairly simple surgery. Heck, you could wait till June to get it done. But if it was one that required longer recovery, the timeline would be quicker. And the reports were on Michael Thomas. This is one. Uh, I think we're losing Dr. Chow here. We've, Yeah, we're losing Dr. Chow for technical difficulties. We'll see if we could reset him and get him back. But pretty much with Dr. Chow, it's about timing of these surgeries, and it's always a big question mark as to why these teams wait so long and we get so close to the regular season that you would think, why did Michael Thomas not do this sooner? And that's what Dr. Chow is trying to explain. The wide receiver for the Saints was supposed to be one of the best in the league last year and was just suffering from so many injuries that kept him off the field for so long. Ben, when it comes to the Saints and the uncertainty at the quarterback position, on top of now not having your best weapon at wide receiver, how concerned are you to back the Saints? I mean, we've talked about this, Ariel. They seem to be a stay-away team. And when you look at the Saints right now in the futures market, tied for the six shortest odds to win the NFC Championship at plus 1,500. They're tied there with the Minnesota Vikings, just right behind where the Green Bay Packers are. And even if you had Michael Thomas in the fold with all the uncertainty about what productivity level they would get out of their quarterback play, most likely Jameis Winston, probably with a few wrinkles of Taysom Hill in there as well, to not have Michael Thomas to be one of that best options for whatever quarterback is in there to play is certainly concerning. So I'm not touching the Saints with a 10-foot pole in any market, whether it's their team win total, make or miss playoffs, especially as you look at them in the futures market. And I think one of the concerning things about Michael Thomas now was, like Dr. David Chow was explaining, why exactly the timeline? Why the selection of now for the surgery as training camp is about to get underway? And then that further goes into the idea of all the speculation around how long Michael Thomas might be out. It might be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. There's a lot of uncertainty around Michael Thomas right now. Further frustration for Saints fans heading into this season. 
And I know that you also had your question, Ben, about the physically unable to perform list, the PUP list, because there are so many players that are starting on the list, yet they're eligible to come back at any time. One of those players is Saquon Barkley, when you mentioned him from the New York Giants, their pro bowl running back. And then you also have Joe Burrow, who's coming off of an ACL injury himself, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. It says that he's going to be cleared to start at the start of camp and no pup list, no physically unable to perform list, which is a great sign. Yet, Ben, I'm pretty surprised that he was able to heal so quickly. This injury to that torn ACL was towards the end of the season. Yeah, and that's what Dr. David Chow was also highlighting in that article that he wrote about Joe Burrow, that when he saw the injury last year and the initial diagnosis, he felt pretty confident that Joe Burrow would be able and ready to go for the start of training camp. And of course, if you're a Bengals backer, that is very exciting. If you're really just a fan of the NFL overall, to see Joe Burrow back there, to have Jamar Chase now, his former teammate at LSU, T. Higgins on the outside, a lot of what the Cincinnati Bengals obviously want to do here moving forward is all centered around Joe Burrow, who is having an incredible start to his rookie campaign and his NFL career last year before going down. My biggest concern, and it surrounds that injury and it surrounds that knee, was the fact that Cincinnati Bengals went with a wide receiver in Jamar Chase in that first pick of their first round draft number five overall and not Penny Sewell of Oregon, an offensive tackle to protect Joe Burrow a little bit better. But we hope that Joe Burrow can come back and have a very long and sustainable NFL career as we welcome back Dr. David Chow of ProFootballDoc.com back on to the morning after. Technical difficulties aside, and Doc, we were just talking about Joe Burrow and the fact he will be able to return right away to training camp, not on the pup list, something you saw early on. How good of news is that, obviously, for the Cincinnati Bengals to have Joe Burrow ready to go heading into his second training camp? This is how it is. Like, you get on a good roll explaining something or you're talking to someone on the phone and you cut out and you spoke for, like, two minutes on some topic anyways uh yeah it, it's raining here in san diego so maybe that has to do with the internet Probably. connection but, but joe joe burrow uh as expected i think i kind of went out on a limb you know with an acl mcl and patella i said i think he's gonna be fine and looking at it Carl came back from that same injury very very well so i think that uh the bengals thankfully are gonna get lucky here and it has worked out we thought I think we lost Dr. Yeah, we lost Dr. Chow again. So I mean, listen, you're listening to Dr. Chow, who has said he went out on a limb talking about Joe Burrow and coming back early enough to start the year. There were a lot of different tears there, and he's going to be ready. Now, granted, if I'm Joe Burrow, I want to make sure my offensive line is more improved than it was last year because that offensive line got Burrow demolished. That game, that torn ACL was a result of multiple hits in that game where Burrow, I was shocked, didn't tear it on the initial hit. Now, the Bengals still being undervalued. The Bengals still the worst odds to win the AFC North. The Bengals still have a relatively low win total. Ben, how much improvement could you see the Bengals making going into year two of Joe Burrow? That's where I have some concern. They have some offensive weapons. Zach Taylor is an offensive-minded coach. But how exactly does it all come together? You talked about that team win total. It's at six and a half. I like to provide some optimism to teams that might have a struggling team right now and fan bases for that and highlight where the juice is. And if it's on the over, at least you can expect some benefits there. Unfortunately for the Cincinnati Bengals, the team win total of six and a half is heavily juiced to the under 
at minus 140. I think it's right around there. I think it's five or six wins in a 17-game NFL season for the Cincinnati Bengals in what will be a very difficult division in the AFC North. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, a lot of ground for the Bengals to make up, Ariel. There's a lot of ACLs to keep an eye on. ACL to Burrow, ACL to Barkley, and... Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. coming back to Cleveland. All I can't get out of my head, Ben, we are a gambling show. I can't get out of my head. Odell Beckham Jr. sitting at the blackjack table with his big boot on his leg as he was coming back from the torn ACL. And Beckham to me, coming back to Cleveland for another year with Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield. The Browns could be a team that the public's going to overvalue. Yet at the same time, I'm still concerned for any team that has to go up against them. I mean, with all that they have offensively, you look in the backfield as well with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, what has become a two-headed monster of a rushing attack for Cleveland. And all the reports surrounding Odell heading into this training camp are very positive, that he looks spry, he looks healthy. So Baker Mayfield has so much talent to have at his disposal for this Cleveland Browns team, who also got a lot better defensively, Ariel. The Browns are certainly going to be a very public team, but a team to watch when you look at what they might do. And right now, plus 850 to win the AFC on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I cannot wait to see how a lot of these teams are going to show up in training camp and more of the information we're going to get on a lot of these players coming off injuries. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the NFC North. That market has moved a lot this weekend. Stay on the grid. Sometimes winning just... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We're going to take a look at how the futures market's moving. It's time for Market Movers. Taking a look at the NFC North odds because there were some rumors going around this weekend about the possible retirement of Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Packers. I said it last week and I couldn't wait to come on the show and just bash all of you who mentioned this on Twitter. I said last week on Twitter, why are the Green Bay Packers still the favorites to win the NFC North? Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. If Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay, this Packers team is a mess. When it comes to the other teams in the division, because everyone's response was, well, look at the rest of the division. Okay, I'm looking. Seven and nine, the Vikings were last year. They still have a good quarterback in Kirk Cousins. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook. They had a top 10 wide receiver who was a rookie last year in Justin Jefferson. The Vikings defense just has to get better. They can't do it. They've been a top 10 defense before in the league, and it wasn't too long ago, maybe two, three years ago. If the Vikings defense gets better, they should be the favorites. Here's a look at the odds now. The Packers were at minus 130 back on May 2nd. Those odds even went to around minus 155 later on. It goes from minus 130 Green Bay to plus 150 over the weekend for them to win the division. 
The Minnesota Vikings go from plus 260 on May 2nd to now plus 155 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The other two teams, the Bears, they go from 3-1 to one to plus 270, and the Lions go from 24-1 to one to 21-1. to one. This is a race between the Packers and Vikings according to the odds. Ben, what do you make of the line movement? Well, the line movement is all around Aaron Rodgers because I still think that if you're looking at this market, the Packers need to be at the top just because talent-wise on this roster, if Aaron Rodgers is back, they are going to be the favorites, and rightfully so, to win this division. When you see on May 2nd, even following the draft and the first reports around Aaron Rodgers maybe not being happy with Green Bay and looking to leave the Packers organization, being an odds-on favorite makes perfect sense in my mind. I know the Vikings are good, or they are able to be good. I still have my questions about Kirk Cousins and how he can perform in big spots. The defense will be better. Mike Zimmer, a defensive-minded coach, so you would think they could get there. But if Aaron Rodgers is there, even if he's still peeved off with the Green Bay Packers front office, but he's there maybe on a mission to prove them wrong, like he posted that last dance clip like we saw with MJ and Scotty in 1997 to piss off what Jerry Krause was doing with the Bulls front office, then the Packers are going to be an 11, 12, 13 win football team. We saw that last year being on the doorstep of making the Super Bowl. So I actually think when you look at this market right now, you're getting value on the Green Bay Packers in a couple of ways. At plus 150 to win the NFC North, yes, you are banking on the fact Aaron Rodgers will be there, happy or not, to be a part of the Packers organization. If he is not, then you can just throw this ticket away. But at plus 150, you're getting value on the Packers. You could look at them in the, in the odds to win the conference championship as well at plus 1,200 at the moment. I still think there is value there on the Packers. It is all hinged on the idea that Aaron Rodgers will be back in Ariel. Maybe I'm going out on a limb here now, it seems like. Maybe I'm a little bit nearsighted when it comes to this, but I still believe that Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers come week number one. Will he be happy oh to be there? Goodness. Who knows? But I think Aaron Rodgers will still be there. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to be traded. I'm not sure how long he plays for the Green Bay Packers, but for 2021, I still think he's there. So at plus 150, I still think you're getting value on the Green Bay Packers, as crazy as that is to say, after this very tumultuous offseason filled with turmoil all year long. You got, you got to go move to Colorado. You have to open up a sportsbook account on FanDuel in Colorado and go lay that minus 105 on Aaron Rodgers to go to Green Bay. If that's the way you feel. I, for one, have not gone near this market. I don't like to guess. I'm not trying to get in the head of Aaron Rodgers because I don't think anyone could get in the head of Aaron Rodgers. His brother Jordan Rodgers hasn't spoken to him in years. Nobody knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking except maybe his now fiance who he proposed to after a month of dating Shailene Woodley, actress, whatever. I blame her. I'm just kidding. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his mindset is. I'm just annoyed because to me, I don't care about the Packers. What I care about is the ripple effect of everything else. The ripple effect is what's going to happen week one with that line as the Packers are two-point underdogs uh, at the New Orleans Saints. Also, what's going to happen to the rest of the division? The Vikings' win total has to be fluctuating because the Vikings have two games against the Packers this year. The Bears' win total fluctuating, two games. The Lions, two games. That in itself is enough to change a win total. Now you have to look at every team that the Packers are going to face this year. See, this ripple effect is what bothers me the most because it's impacting the futures market for every team that has to face them, Ben. 
you're talking ripple effect. You know there's a ripple effect surrounding Aaron Rodgers when the Detroit Lions' odds to win a division get shorter. That's how you know Aaron Rodgers has such headway in the NFC North because depending on what he does, even the Detroit Lions are going to be affected. Now plus 1,900 to win the NFC North. Do not put your money there, but you're right. You could look at the team win totals, and they have come down for the Green Bay Packers. Currently at 8.5 on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the over juice to minus 120, but go look at the Vikings. Also 8.5 in the team win total, but the juice? Ariel, you know me. I follow the juice when it comes to team win totals. The over is juiced to minus 170 for the Minnesota Vikings. So, yes, what Aaron Rodgers decides to do with the Green Bay Packers will certainly have ramifications, not just for the Packers themselves, but the rest of the NFC North division, really the rest of the NFC. Because, again, if Aaron Rodgers is there, happy or not, the Green Bay Packers are going to be a front runner within that conference. We saw it last year. A bad decision by Matt LaFleur kept the Packers out of a possible berth to the Super Bowl. They were the favorites heading into that NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams there, if they are performing even near where they were last year, the Green Bay Packers are going to be a team that will be in the mix for the top spot in the NFC all season long. I truly believe that. So it's ramifications on what one man, maybe two men, if you throw in Devontae Adams, decide to do this year and how that affects the rest of the NFC, uh, the NFC, the NFL, and especially the NFC North. But that's where it's all confusing right now. And that's why the charade of Aaron Rodgers being upset with the Green Bay Packers and what he has said all offseason long has led us to this point in the movement that we are currently seeing, even within its own division in that NFC North market. This market is way too fluid. You've got to make sure that you just sit this one out. I don't like to guess, and if you want to guess and get good value on the Packers, the way that Ben explained it, it makes sense. You're never going to get the Packers at this number again if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, go back to Green Bay. The director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, joined us in the last hour. When Ben asked him, how quickly is the market going to move if, in fact, Aaron Rodgers does come back to Green Bay, John said, immediately, those markets will move. The market's already moving in the direction of Rodgers not playing. The Deshaun Watson news doesn't surprise me because the odds have already indicated that the Texans have, have been and are going to be the worst team in the NFL. 2-1 to one is where the Texans are to have the worst record in the NFL. Those lines are baked in with Watson not there because I can't imagine that Deshaun Watson's team would be booked as the favorite by $2 to be the worst team in the NFL. When it comes to the Packers, there's still a little bit of faith not only in Aaron Rodgers' return, but also in the Packers itself. Ben, even if Aaron Rodgers does not return to the Packers, with a win total of 8.5 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, how much do you believe the Packers have enough depth, enough Devontae Adams potentially staying, for the Packers to go over a win total of 8.5? So much talent offensively. The defense was shaky at times, especially in that secondary, looking at you, Kevin King, and how that cost the Packers in the playoffs. Offensively, they have enough weapons. But who's throwing them the football? Here's the thing about Jordan Love. We don't talk enough about Jordan Love on this show here the morning after. But here's the thing about Jordan Love. If you're going to piss off Aaron Rodgers by taking Jordan Love at the end of the first round last year, but you are still so uncertain about his future, what were you doing scouting-wise? 
What did you see last year out of that Green Bay Packers front office in Jordan Love that made you think he could be the quarterback of the future and still have those questions to have to almost re-scout him entering year number two of his NFL career? How has there not been any kind of idea of what he can provide and what the development has been out of Jordan Love that at this stage, you're still so uncertain it would be such a drastic drop-off if Aaron Rodgers was not there. Because Jordan Love, if you saw something in him leading up to the scouting in that first-round selection last year, there had to be some promise, right? And there was all the reports last year of Jordan Love struggling immensely throughout training camp, missing very easy targets, not being able to throw with any semblance of accuracy at the NFL level. And they had to re-scout and redevelop what was happening. There had to be a plan in place for his development in Green Bay to get him eventually to a stage to take over for Aaron Rodgers if you're going to use a first-round pick on him. So what is that development process like right now? How does that affect the team win total? If you posted at 8.5 in a 17-game season, even without Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I'm not touching this market like you, Ariel, right now. There's too much uncertainty. I think there's value on the Packers. The team win total itself, I'm staying away from that. If you had Jordan Love and you give me 8.5, I'd probably still look. No, I can't say it. I was going to say what I feel decisively. I don't feel decisively. So I'm just staying away if Jordan Love is the quarterback. I'm staying away from everything Green Bay, everything NFC North, and everything with a team that's playing the Green Bay Packers. If you have the Packers on your schedule, I'm not betting your win total. That's it. It's game over. I'm just waiting things out. The win totals are going to fluctuate. Now, if you really believe Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay, if you believe he's retiring, then maybe you take advantage of the market. Again, I don't like to guess. The Packers are at 24-1 to to win the Super Bowl, by the way. Those odds continue to drop on Green Bay, who started out as a team with the top six odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Coming up next... Vandal's Tom Vecchio. He's going to go through a bunch of different picks for a bunch of different sports. You don't want to miss these winners. Stay right here on the grid. Congratulations. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining the show from FanDuel, it's Tom Vecchio. He could break down any sport. And we're going to start with this stat because I want to get to what happened in Major League Baseball yesterday. Tom, you've been really big with the home run props. The most profitable home run prop has been to Shohei Otani, most likely, considering he leads the league with 35 homers. There was this stat that MLB Stats posted that said that 17 of Shohei Otani's 35 home runs have been hit at 110 miles an hour or faster. You always look at a lot of these metrics. When you see how hard Otani is able to hit the ball, how much does that help your handicap in home run props? Uh, I would say it's just a piece of the puzzle, right? You know, looking at his hard contact, looking at his exit velocity, all of those things are great to see. And 
ultimately when you see a hitter that is that consistent at producing that much hard contact with the exit velocity that high or the average exit velocity that high, that's something you always want to be focusing in on because when he matches up, with a pitcher that is giving up a ton of fly balls, that's going to be putting him in a position to hit home runs every other night or seemingly every third game as we're seeing this season. So, you know, it's not just one thing when it comes to uh, looking at a home run hitter or the potential to hit a home run. You have to factor that in, but as he continues to maintain such a high level, maybe that's something I should wait a little bit more or anyone should wait a little bit more going forward when we have these hitters that are just producing at such a high level. So, Tom, as we focus on this Monday, a smaller Major League Baseball slate that we have on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but is there an area you are targeting for one of those famed home run props on this Monday? So, starting off, I think we're going to you know, go back to what we said a little bit of last week, or what you said, Ben, last week. The Detroit Tigers, a profitable Detroit Tigers team that we can be looking to for uh, some betting options, and that would be Eric Haas tonight. He's sitting at plus 210 when it comes to his home run prop. It's a little bit shorter than I was anticipating. I thought it was going to be around 270, 280. Uh, ultimately, I don't think odds matter too much uh, when it comes to home run props. I know that's a topic for a bit of a larger discussion. Uh, he has solid numbers, uh, 217 ISO this season, 46% fly ball rate, 35% hard contact rate. Going up against righty, he's going uh, going up against right-handed pitchers this season. He's going up against Michael Pineda, a pitcher that we've been able to target for a number of years. Pineda's only allowing over just over one home run per nine this season of right-handed hitters. He has some you know bad-ish peripheral stats, but ultimately, if it doesn't get done against Pineda, we actually flip to the Minnesota bullpen because Pineda really doesn't go too deep into uh, games. He's not pitching six, seven innings on a consistent basis. So the Minnesota bullpen is actually pretty bad. They're allowing 1.37 home runs per nine this season to righties. That's in the bottom 10 of the league. And then they're also in the bottom half of the league when it comes to allowing hard contact and fly ball rate allowed. So even if Pineda gets beat up early by the other hitters on this awesome Detroit lineup, I guess, we still have a bad Minnesota bullpen we can attack and hopefully Haas can get it done there. If you haven't been following Tom Vecchio, DFS Tom, all over Twitter, then you are missing out because these home run props are profitable. They're in big plus money. They're fun. And Tom's bets have been hitting somehow. I still can't wrap my head around this handicap around home run props. What I can wrap my head around is strikeout props. We love those here on the show. We're on the same page here, Tom. What's the strikeout prop that you like today? So it would be Luis Garcia for the... Uh, Houston Astros. Now, the line's not up, if I remember correctly, for his actual strikeout prop when it comes to facing the Seattle Mariners tonight. I didn't see a specific line in that, but he comes with a strong 28.5% strikeout rate this season. The Mariners, they're striking out 26% this season versus right-handers. So if you get the line and it's 6.5, 7.5, whatever it might be, there's probably going to be if it's six and a half, I would, I would say there's probably be a little bit of juice on the over. Hopefully it's around seven and a half with around even money. I think that's where I'd be willing to go. Uh, you're big in the strikeout props. I think we're all on the same page. We've been attacking the Mariners all season. They strike out too much. Uh, even though they're kind of looking good as of late, they're like they're putting together some wins. They've moved up in the AL West. Like I still think that they are a team we can attack because, sure, they have some power, but they still strike out way too much. Tom, not only do you do home run props and strikeout props and look at Major League Baseball, there's another play on your card today for Olympic basketball. You're looking at an under in the game between Italy and Australia. How do you cap these things when you look at Olympic basketball, knowing the FIBA rules and what that might do to a total? 
So this game is on Wednesday morning. I believe it's at like 4.15 in the morning, at least Eastern, 4.15 Eastern on Wednesday morning. Uh, I guess, like uh, you said, Australia versus Italy. Looking back at some of their prelim- uh, preliminary games, looking at their first games that they played, you know, Australia actually has like a, a pretty good team. Uh, Patty Mills is out there, Dante Axa, Mati Steibel, Aaron Baines, uh, Joe Ingles. Like they have a bunch of NBA players on the other side for Italy. They're uh, a little bit faster pace, a little bit uh, loose on defense, and actually Australia is actually pretty strong on defense. So looking at some of the splits and actually some of the, the shot selection of some of the players or who's shooting the ball, I should say, for the players, I think that we're going to be seeing a bit of a lower scoring game because we have so much talent or more talent on the Australia side. So the under 171.5 is looking pretty strong. Australia hold held their first opponent, I forget who it was, only to 67 points in the first game. So that's where I would be looking um, to jump back real quick to home run props, one thing I forgot to mention real quickly, the Mets are playing a doubleheader today, and uh, the second game for them is not up on the FanDuel Sportsbook yet. It's not up anywhere that I've seen. But Bryce Wilson is expected to pitch for the Braves. Again, this is the second game of a doubleheader, so it's not posted yet. He's allowing over 2.93 home runs per nine this season to lefties and over like 1.6 home run per nine to righties. So, uh, whoever's in the starting line for the Mets, whether it's Conforto, of course, Pete Alonso, he's probably not going to have great odds, but J.D. Davis, Kevin Pillar, Jonathan Yar, some of those guys in the second game of the doubleheader for the Mets is where you might want to look today. Doubleheaders are always so interesting to have to try to approach. We're here with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio talking about all these sports where he has some action on. When it comes to betting on the Olympics, Tom, these are teams and players that we may never have heard of before. How are you going to handicap the Olympics, especially so early on when we don't have much data? So one of the sites that I've been using a lot recently is called Pro Ballers. It's a a good basketball website. It has a lot of info on basically every international league, some international leagues, I'll be honest, I've never heard of. So they have like starting lineups. They have results. You can look back at anything. It's called Pro Ballers. Uh, So looking back at some of the players, where they're playing, like for Italy, uh, Danilo Gallinari is the main guy for Italy. Uh, Sean Mannion's on the team. He was with the Warriors this year, really not seeing a whole lot of time. But then looking at the individual players, looking at where they're playing and then what kind of role they play within their team, uh, you know, their their normal club teams, I guess you would call it, to see are they a bunch of scorers, do they play at a fast place, some of those types of things. So if you really want to get into Olympic um, handicapping and Olympic betting for basketball specifically, you actually have to go – you have to take a couple extra steps instead of just going to ESPN or CBS or wherever it might be to find your traditional stats. You actually have to look a little bit deeper to find out what kinds of teams these players are playing on. Are they going to be fast place? Australia, like I said, they're known for their defense. If there was a prop for Australia to win a medal this season, or this season, I should say, this Olympics, that would actually be a team I'd be willing to take a shot on You know, if that was up prior to the Olympics starting because, sure, the USA is going to be up there, Spain's going to be up there, France, Argentina, but... Australia is that team kind of sitting on the outside that can make a bit of a jump, and that comes down to a lot of what I see from their roster and a lot of players that I know. Tom, as a man with many talents in many sports, and you have given us that card, are you betting at all on other sports across the Olympics, like swimming, gymnastics, rugby, any other thing catching your eye so far in Tokyo? No, no. I uh, I like to stick with what I know. Um, you know, whatever the saying is, like, you don't want to, like, chase uh, bad money with good money. It's like, st- stick the thing that you're good with and then just kind of, like, double down on that. So, you know, a lot of home run props still as of now. When you find those, it's like, just kind of refine the process, especially late in the season. I know a lot of people are 
transitioning to football or whatever might be looking at all the futures for football, college football, all those things. But for me, not really straying too much into the Olympics. I, I find them interesting to watch and all, but like swimming or uh, you know track and field, none of those things, I'm not going anywhere near those just because at the end of the day, it's probably just a waste of money, at least on my part. We'll stick then with what you do know. The Major League Baseball trade deadline's coming up this Friday. Tom, when it comes to the home run props, how much does it impact a player who may get traded and depending on where they fall in their new lineup? So that's actually a big thing when it comes to players, especially when it comes to the shift in park factor for a lot of hitters. So uh, this morning I saw that Max Kepler from the Twins is on the radar for the Yankees. He's a left-handed hitter. He's a fly ball power hitter. So a lefty hitter at Yankee Stadium is obviously always going to be something that, you know, they've targeted plenty of times in the past. But we know the short porch there is, you know, very short. and The home run upside is great for lefties. So if Max Kepler, who I saw this morning, was potentially rumored to be traded to the Yankees, if he were to be traded, those first few games at Yankee Stadium is something that I would look at because it is a positive park shift going from Minnesota to uh, Yankee Stadium. Same thing with Joey Gallo. His name is also popping up for the Yankees and for another uh, another a bunch of teams in the at the trade deadline. So depending on where he goes, that's another play you can keep an eye on because we know he bl- brings plenty of power upside on a nightly basis. And if the park factor is better for him, that's a spot that you could potentially look. And then if a pitcher goes from the AL to the NL, it's, and if it's a big strikeout pitcher, looking at the over on his strikeout prop in the first few games is something that you want to consider because NL lineups are just factually weaker than AL lineups because the pitcher is hitting for some reason in 2021. We still have pitchers hitting. That's a topic uh, we don't want to get into. Uh, but if pitchers are going to be moving from the AL to the NL, they should have a str- higher strikeout potential due to the pitchers still hitting. Tom, for your home run props, you give us a lot of great data and analytics that you look into. What about for strikeout props? What are some of the key metrics you follow there to try to gain an edge on the sports book? So just starting off with uh, the players or the pitchers, strikeout prop, uh, strikeout rate, I should say, uh, walk rate, looking at some of his underlying metrics. Uh, you know, I don't want to go into like too much of like ball movement and like horizontal and vertical movement when it comes to his fastball or changeup or all those sorts of things. I will if I need to. I think it's like something that I just I'm not certain on and that I want to like dig down deep uh, and actually figure that out. And then you look at the team they're going up against their splits versus the handiness of the pitcher, righties versus lefties. But then also looking at their season average and then their average, uh, I should, not season average, but I should say season strikeout rate versus righties or lefties. And then their strikeout rate over the past two weeks, over the past four weeks, whatever it might be, just looking at their potential home runs, road splits, because some parks are known to suppress strikeouts. Some parks are known to help elevate strikeouts, all those sorts of things. If we actually look into like Coors Field, uh, you know, sinkers don't sink as much at Coors Field. Sliders don't move as much as Coors Field due to the elevation. So if we really want to factor in all of those things, you can find it. And if I have to, and I'm like not certain on something for a specific day or a specific pitcher with a specific matchup, I will dig down to all of those sorts of things to actually find out my specific answer I want on that question. Tom, we only have about a minute left, and I'm going to switch quickly to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, you said you're excited about the press conference happening at 11 a.m. Yes or no, Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. No, no. He has played his last game. They're going to trade him. He's going to retire. Something's going to happen. But I do think that Rodgers is done this year or done with the Packers this year, not done playing in the NFL. So you Mm. don't think he's retiring? He's going to hey, I'm not going to show up uh, kind of thing. You guys should just trade me or I'm just going to sit out. 
Okay, Tom Vecchio says it here on Green Bay Packers' situation with Aaron Rodgers. He will not be back in Green Bay, and his career is not over yet either, according to Tom. Tom Vecchio, catch him at DFS Tom and all over the FanDuel platforms. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, we've got a lot going on. College football just dropped a bomb on us, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later. We also are going to have our buy or sell segment, and that's going to have to do some more with the NFL situation going on with the quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. We close out our number two. Yeah, we have you covered here on Sirius XM, channel 204 and 1090, the Mightier, up until noon Eastern time. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out hour number two here on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get now to our segment, Buy or Sell. Ben, are you buying or selling that Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson are more likely to play for their team this year? I am buying that it is more likely that Aaron Rodgers will play for the Green Bay Packers as opposed to Deshaun Watson playing for the Houston Texans. Now listen, our guy Tom Vecchio was just with us last segment. He ended that segment by saying he thinks Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. That scares me a little bit. Tom Vecchio, a very smart man. However, I do believe that Aaron Rodgers, and I've maintained this throughout the entire offseason, and I hope I end up being right, but I think that Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback week number one for the Green Bay Packers against the New Orleans Saints. I still believe in that. Will he be happy? Probably not. Will he be looking to make a statement one more time against his own front office? Yes. And I think him, Devontae Adams, and the rest of that Packers offense is still liable to do some pretty big things this year. So I am buying Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Green Bay Packers this year. You are really taking this hot take to the next level, Ben. Everyone else is saying no, and this is the one thing you're taking your stance on for fading the public. I respect it. Hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm sticking to it. I've said it all along, and I still think, Ariel, I still believe Aaron Rodgers will wear number 12 in a Green Bay Packers uniform and start at quarterback for them week one. I might be wrong, but I'm sticking to it. I'm excited because we are going to have a good guest on tomorrow who's actually a QS alum. He also covers the Green Bay Packers for The Athletic. Hopefully, he'll have a good inside scoop for us, and we'll be able to find out more of what's going on beneath the or under the, uh, behind the scenes. But coming up next, we are going to have hour number three of our show. There's some breaking news out of college football. In addition to some NBA transactions already underway, we're going to say goodbye to our MSG audience. Tune into sportsgrid.com. Find out which platform works best for you. We're on multiple streaming services in addition to Sirius XM, Channel 204, and the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. For Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Hour number three, our final hour, coming up next.
We are your official source for gaming, odds, and more. Except no substitutes. They won't be around long anyway.